Hello and welcome back to the nudist colony, the no tea, low tea. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper. New metal discovery, new metal discovery, discovery, new metal discussion (laughs) podcast. Uh, I'm Ross. I'm Brent. Um, So if you're wondering what the fuck I just said, um, I watched today, I've been watching some old SNL episodes. Oh my God. Um, Not at work. Um, Mm. Wink. Mm. I didn't come across. Um, uh, And I watched the, uh, it was like 1994. 495 i think um patrick stewart hosting patrick stewart hosting mm-hmm. um snl wow uh, yeah and you know it, it comes it does the thing you know, it comes back and it's the person the, the host standing there and they mm-hmm. you know musical guest you know they do the ladies and gentlemen salt and pepper and it was just <laughs> great seeing patrick stewart with all of his like like classically trained gusto and that fucking like voice of his just salt and pepper I'm like um and, and now I, they're here to push it. Push it real good. <laughs> I don't know why he's turning into Bane, yeah. but that's just where he goes. Yeah. Engage. No, wait, hold on. Number one. There we go. I'm back on <laughs> I'm back on track here. Wouldn't it be great if you were like Patrick Stewart out in the world and you're just like uh, he's in like what? Uh England or or some shit. He's in one of those European countries where you can walk a lot and he's walking through public, he's got a cap on. He's like kind of low key or whatever. Yeah. So people don't immediately recognize him, but he's like, sure. I'm just picturing him in a crowd of people. And then like, it's some romantic occasion where he sees people, uh, you know, like uh, he could, he could tell a guy's getting ready to propose. And then like, as the guy's bending down one knee, he takes out his ring box, opens it up to the person he's proposing to. And before he can get like this practice speech out, Patrick Stewart steps in, takes off his cat and says, engaged. <laughs> By a photon torpedo. <laughs> to me, my X-Men. <laughs> I love Patrick Stewart. He's great. And then all, all day today, I've been trying to... Um, there wasn't... Okay, everybody needs to go out there and find this episode of SNL featuring Patrick Stewart and salt and Peppa. Um, there is a skit where he makes erotic cakes. <laughs> I fucking laughed so goddamn hard. It's People keep coming in and they're like, where's the cake I ordered? And he's like, you'll hold it up. But you can't see it. Like the audience can't see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? <laughs> they pretty much all feature like urination in some way. <laughs> and he's like, it's an erotic cake. And they're like, well, I, but peeing on someone isn't erotic. He's like, what's more erotic than this? <laughs> uh, it was great. And then at the end of the skit, R. Kelly comes in. He's like, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> That's it. That's the one for me. Uh, well, we've got another Hidden Track episode. Today we're discussing Wildcats, number one. From... Covert Action Teens. Oh, my God, so... yeah. Yeah, the S doesn't have a, nope. a period after it, so it's just, like, pluralized. Uh, by Jim Lee uh, and others. We'll get into all that here in a bit. Mm. But before that, Ross, we've we've done it again. Just when you think Mountain Dew has run out of flavor varieties. Nope. There's a new one that rears its gorgeous fucking head. Why don't you? That's uh, a good color. It is. Why don't you uh, yeah. tell the people what it is? Today we are going to be drinking Mountain Dew Overdrive with a mm. blast of citrus punch flavor and other natural flavors. Natural. It's healthy. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I only have one bottle of this because I, I, <laughs> I had two. I drank one. All right. Uh, we'll crack it open here. Ready? Oh my Whoa. god! There that we was go. an attack. There we go. That was a good pop. Man, that was That's like a good missile is what that was. God damn. <laughs> or a photon torpedo. <laughs> Commander Data. So uh, since we're uh, sharing the liquid out of this bottle, I went ahead and got us some uh, swanky 
uh, Crown Royal whiskey glasses. The classiest. So we could be some classy batches, you know? Uh, So let's see. This one, uh, go ahead and and take a sip of that bad boy. This has Mm -hmm. a, like a, it's like a deer. I I can't tell what this creature is. I guess it's a deer, but uh, it's on a, like, snowboard or something. This is wild. Uh, It'll be on our social media accounts, but uh, yeah, Overdrive. Citrus punch. Look, they nailed it. I mean, what, what, what else can I say? You know, it's orange, but it also has that kind of uh, reddish tint that you expect from a fruit punch. Yeah. So color-wise, I think it's solid. Um, but you, you said it's actually you... liquid. But go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> damn. Get him. God damn. He got me with that science again. <laughs> uh, you said that you had Bill. 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 Bill Nye. I'm playing a guy. Look, I like Bill Nye, but. I'm a Beekman boy Look, through and through. Dude, you we're know? both Beekman boys. Are you? Okay. Oh, uh, fuck I, yeah. Lust of the Rat. Come on. Yeah, thank Give you. Fuck. Thank you. I tell people about this all the time. Oh. And they're like, wait, what is this? He has like spiky hair. It's like, yeah, he looks like Wayne Static. And then I have yeah. to explain Static X. And then <laughs> I have to tell them about Lester the Rat, which is a <laughs> some Italian man <laughs> who's definitely dead at this point. <laughs> Dressed up as a rat <laughs> with a bad attitude. <laughs> trying to learn science. What was his? What was the girl's name? There were two there, of them. Oh, there were more than that. Were there more than I think there's okay. like three or four. Oh wow, I remember two. Yeah. Like, uh, who cares? Yeah, no, but there was no, a lot no. of them. Beekman's world was fucking where it was. Lester at. the rat was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lester for the rat was like <laughs> ticket for the the ride there. I actually got one of my my brother and I wrote a question into him and he read it on air. I wish I had like a video really? tape or something. Yeah. Damn. He's like. He kind of looks like a Ken Marino bred with Wayne Static. Yeah. Um, with Wayne Static hair. Uh, but it, we wrote in and we said, what makes um, lightning bugs uh, glow? And he did a whole little segment on it. And my brother and I were freaking out. It was a cool shit. Beekman is talking directly to us. <laughs> yeah. uh, Beekman was cool. Like I Again, I like Bill Nye, but like the difference between the, so- the shows for me was... Like Bill Nye, on Bill Nye the Science Guy, his his uh, science show for kids, they would like sometimes do experiments, but then sometimes they'd get you like two thirds through an experiment and be like, "Now you do it and see what happens." Like, yeah. no, bitch, you're the one with cameras. And it just didn't have the it didn't have the visual appeal that Beekman's World had. Beekman's World was like it was like grungy and gross. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. And, and and Bill Nye's was you know like a science lab, so like. I still wa- I was still watching like Bill Nye, um, because you know I liked science. I was a nerdy little kid, uh, but Beekman's World, pff, that's where it was at. That was just straight up nonsense, percent. but like in the best possible way. I remember when he was talking about uh, how humans throw up, and he had like a <laughs> he had like a what do you call that? It's like um, like bisected. Yes, thank okay. you. Uh, and it was like a, a stomach lining, and they like had food they put in like the mouth, and it went into this pouch that was made out of like. I don't know, Ziploc material or whatever. And then he's like, it gets down here to your belly. Now, when you throw up, and he just like kind of like shoves the like chewed food up <laughs> through his throat. It was just like so funny. But it was like educational. Oh, shit. yeah. It was fun as fuck. From that, yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was like appointment viewing. All me. praise to Beekman's world. All praise to Beekman. And he used to like his exclamation that he would say would be Zaloom. And then like oh, I found yeah. out after the fact that that was that actor's last name. Oh, that's yeah. Fun. So he just kind of worked his name in there, but it's like it right. sounds like an expression, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like Excelsior, Zaloom. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All respect to Beekman. All respect to Beekman. Yeah, we respect Beekman. On this oh my podcast. god, 
the beak when you have a standing order uh, or <laughs> the, the to, to come on the show. The beak man. The beak man. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna steal Doughboy's jokes. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Um, so peak, man. back to uh, this Mountain Dew Overdrive. Uh, you said that you had this earlier this week. You were desperate for some type of. I need some caffeine uh, one morning. Yeah. Sure. Um, but uh, what do you think of this? How do you feel about the? I think the it's overdrive? great. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it tastes like. Um, I think it tastes like Hawaiian punch mixed with Mountain Dew, which <laughs> nailed it. I mean, there has to be somebody at a soda factory that's just like mixing existing brands together. What a fucking job. That's how RC Cola got made. You mix Coke and Pepsi together. I swear to you, it's RC Cola. Really? I, yeah, I make it at uh, convenience stores all the time if they don't. Like, none of them have RC taps, so I make my <laughs> right. own. Half Coke, half Pepsi. Huh. And I, I throw a little bit of, like, cherry flavoring in there. You know, I have heard that Baja Blast is Mountain Dew and um, Blue Powerade mixed together. I've oh, never really? tried it. Yeah. But I've, ha- I've heard people say you can make it at home. I need to try it because Baja Blast is top tier drink for me like not even soda just like of all time i love fucking love it man um i would have got some today for dinner because that's what i had for lunch or dinner was taco bell hmm interesting my wife had to work late she called me she's like bring me food <laughs> she's nice to me <clears throat> so i went and picked up some taco bell for us because i'm a good husband yeah you know yeah Okay. It's, it's you know here's the thing people like rag on Taco Bell like oh I go take a shit after Taco Bell I hate that because has that ever happened to you where you've eaten Taco Bell and like had to shit like why why is that a thing I had Taco Bell once seventeen years ago have not shit since whoa yeah that's incredible <laughs> it's a lot of fiber <laughs> I said give me one of those uh, the innards of a gordita crunch <laughs> and I just. Spackled over my booty hole. Seventeen years ago. Seventeen years ago. Wow. To this very day, I, wow. I just had an alert pop up. It's my anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that for it's you. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually looking at Powerade, and it's made by Coca Cola, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mountain Dew is made by Pepsi. So if the two of them got together to make Baja Blast, yeah, it'd be a crossover for the of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amalgam, get fucked. <laughs> yeah, Spider Boy, get fucked. Well, <laughs> uh, what was the the Ghost Rider one? Where it's like Ghost Rider and the Demon, uh, Demon Rider. I think that may may have been, <laughs> might have been it. Yeah. yeah, real real clever. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Iron Lantern. Get fucked. Iron Lantern. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Because you think about like if if DC and Marvel were to do a crossover today, how different the pairings would be. Yeah, Iron Man wasn't even part of it. Yeah. We, oh, Iron, yeah. Yeah, Iron Man. I think about that all the time. Yeah, I, literally, that consumes my thoughts. <laughs> I'm like, this would blow people's mind because Iron Man is such a touchstone yeah. of the MCU, and that was a lot of people's like gateway. I know there were like X Men and Spider Man movies, yeah. before that, but like Iron Man, like really opened a gateway oh. to to a lot of that. Stuff yeah, a lot of people up. don't realize Iron Man was not like an A tier character prior to no. 2008. No. He was starting to become because Bendis was doing like the whole. You know, Trinity, Marvel's Trinity, you know, uh, like the, the main three that started the Avengers. Uh, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost Rider. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, <laughs> uh, I, so I feel like kind of, honestly, I credit Bendis for, for a lot of the success of the MCU. Um, because I feel like they had a template to work off of using Bendis's sort of like approach to, uh, we're getting into comic stuff. Let's uh <laughs> 
so what do you think? What do you what do you think about the Mountain Dew? I like it. I like it. Uh, I don't think the flavor is like super strong, um, but I do. I I do think it's better than that uh, fruit cake one that we got around the holidays. Oh. That, one, that one hard pass for me. So, I enjoyed that one. I know you did. Yeah, I just because it was like a cranberry Mountain Dew. It, it was weird, but. Mm-hmm. I like weird, gross combinations of food. Well, it looked like toilet water, so. It did. Yeah, you were in the money there. <laughs> um, so for Mountain Dew Overdrive, is what have we come up with? Uh, I think we, we're trying to change it from drink or stink, drink yeah. or stank or whatever, to uh, is it in the pit? Or is it in the shit? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say it's in the pit. It's in the pit? It's in the pit. <laughs> just open up a fresh bottle of <laughs> Mountain Dew Overdrive. And just like room temperature. Steve Aoki <laughs> and over everybody. <laughs> you, you take a full-size sheet cake and throw it at people. <laughs> it's in the pit. Um, like a seven-layer dip like casserole. Because you got to oh, like yeah. Taco Bell. No, this doesn't make sense. Back up. Well, even still, you know, if you're going to feed somebody that much food, you know, make sure they have like a sensible dinner as well. Sure. You know? Yeah. Some, I, <laughs> some piping hot mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight anyone who says that Taco Bell is not healthy because you can get a full vegetarian. I never eat meat from Taco Bell. Oh, really? I always substitute black beans um, because it's like, honestly, I think it tastes better because sometimes kind of some of the meat from there can taste a little bit off, but like the beans are always fucking hitting. So like I always get just like 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 a you know black bean gordita crunch and a bean burrito and mm-hmm. a, a Doritos Locos taco. I'm fucking set, dog. Do they have the the Doritos Locos tacos all the time? Yeah. Oh my god. They I remember for a long time. I remember when it was like a specialty item that just came out. Yeah. I went there that day. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. one of each. Got the nacho cheese and the uh, cool ranch. It's yeah. fucking worth it. Tuesdays and Thursdays are bad for me because I listen to Doughboys, and if they're talking about a restaurant that's anywhere nearby, I'm just like, well, I'm going there for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Hey, Google, where is there a Bennigan's near me? <laughs> yeah. Within reason. Within reason. Um, Let's see. So we talked about Do. We talked about Beekman's World. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this, is all, this is all going according rolling, to plan. Rolling, rolling. And uh, beyond that, I believe... Josh Brolin. You have a uh, song you wanted to play? Oh yeah, for the podcast. I do. Yes. Uh, so this is uh, one that came out. Actually, I think it. I think the it as a single released two weeks ago, but the actual album itself, I believe, came out last week. Um, Which would have been like uh, two weeks ago by the time this episode airs. But for, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a this is a song, "Dog Tooth" by Tyler the Creator. It's like a super pro-feminist song, like a uh, pro-woman song, but like slaps. <laughs> which, which, if anybody's familiar with like some of Tyler the Creator's early music, mm-hmm. it was quite misogynistic and violent and <laughs> rapish. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he said it was all you know like an act. Obviously, um, he's like straight edge. Um, Is he really? Yeah, doesn't do anything. But like over the years, he's like evolved into like a totally different person, and it's just fascinating because he was like seventeen or something whenever like they first uh, Odd Future first started, sixteen, seventeen. Oh yeah. Like I don't even think they were out of high school when their first mixtape dropped. 
which is insane to think about. Didn't you first hear about them through like Mike Shinoda or like he was talking about them somewhere? No, I don't honestly don't remember. I'm on a lot of like hip hop forums. And so anytime some new group starts to get a little bit of chatter, you always go check them out. And Mm -hmm. people are like this odd future group. These dudes are just. Sorry. Love this part. Anyways, yeah, so so I kind of discovered him through that and just, um, you know, him, Earl Sweatshirt, all the rest, mostly those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, his evolution over the years has been, like, truly fascinating because um, he's gone from this kind of, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So it, he, he's totally changed over the years, and I've I've loved honestly every step of it. Um, and just seeing him grow as like an artist has been really fascinating because he does pretty much all his own production. Yeah. Um, and it's just it. You know, he approaches his his subject matter is like so much different than anybody else's. Like he's not concerned with like what a lot of people rap about at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, DJ drama, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's just like a fascinating dude. And uh, Earl Sweatshirt, he, you know, he's, he's another one that I'm, uh, I, I absolutely love Earl Sweatshirt. Uh, but they've kind of gone in like weirdly separate directions where Earl's oh. gotten uh, p- potentially darker while Tyler has gotten much like happier and kind of like more positive. Yeah. Um, but I, I love them both for different reasons. And they're both really talented, um, really talented, talented artists. It's weird that like Odd Future now is like well over ten years old. Like it just they still they still in my brain seem like a new group to me. But like you know, there's people coming out of high school that like like this shit was popular when they were like too young to listen to music. You yeah, know? like mm-hmm. it was like before their time. Just mm-hmm. wild to me. But um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, I liked it. It was like uh, kind of vibey. I feel like very vibey. Uh, I have to, I don't know, for stuff that's a more laid back like that, I have to be in a. a particular mood because i feel like my um my my life rhythm is just like uh more sped up than that (laughs) yeah and uh it's probably my yeah yeah if you don't mind topping them off hell yeah please thank you garçon um but i feel like my um i don't know yeah your rhythm yeah your rhythm's a little bit more chaotic i'm high strong i'm not happy about it but i know it's true right <laughs> so <laughs> so that's why you should listen to music like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe music you know what you put forth the, <laughs> an interesting perspective but exacerbates the thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know why i couldn't sleep last night babe i was listening to 17 hours of cannibal corpse as i was trying to go to bed <laughs> I was I in the garage it. smoking crack and listening, <laughs> yeah. listening to Guar, and I couldn't fall asleep for some weird reason. Don't worry, the bathroom is clean, <laughs> yeah. very clean. So, uh, but I, overall, I liked it. Good. Uh, I, w- I would listen to more of it. I feel like Tyler the Creator when he first came out, he was uh, a bit too like I don't know, edge lordy. Oh, for sure. And yeah, he, he wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, and so that was uh, that turned me off a little bit. Um, but then I heard. I, I think it was like just before the pandemic, he was, I think, on the Grammys because he was like nominated yeah. for something, you know, and they let all the artists of the the year for Flower Boy, 
probably from. He Father had like Boy. long blonde hair, like some wig. That oh, was like... that may have been Igor. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And he was performing some song on there, and I was just like blown away by the performance. I'd never heard the song before. Yeah. But it was like very. Um... Igor's got a lot more hip hop. He kind of went pre. He kind of went like uh, like softer. A little bit, but like he's kind yeah. of like found this like middle ground now. Mm-hmm. That's one of the softer songs on there. Mm-hmm. There's some songs that go harder than that, but uh, I just been vibing to that one. I good uh, weather. I've been driving around with the windows down, listening to that. Oh, really? Yeah, nice little chill song. To drive around to. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, hang out at a beach, you know. Fuck yeah, in Antarctica. Yeah, G- give yourself something to uh, shiver to <laughs> that uh, cash in, cash out song. That you cash recommended. Cash, cash, cash. I think it was like at the end of last year. Yeah. Uh, I listen to that from time to time. Yeah. You know, I skip the 21 Savage uh, verse. You do? Yeah. Blasphemy. I ain't got, I ain't got time for him. Man, I fucking love 21 Savage. Really? Uh, Dr. Seuss is a better rhymer than... Uh, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. 21. Than Ad-Lib McGillicuddy. 21. Like... <laughs> Man, I... I, I might he, to... he looks like Black Beavis to me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know that people like him, but uh, it's just simply not for me. That no, said, fine. like Tyler's verse, I think is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, wow, no wonder he got the second part of that song because he's, you yeah. know, you don't want to follow that. Yeah. I thought it was an exceptional verse. So that that yeah. in and of itself has turned me around on okay. Tyler or maybe like a couple of things. So yeah. I'd, I'd be interested in checking out more stuff. Yeah, you should. From him. I'll uh, put a list together. Oh, you should do Force that. Force you to it. Yeah. Force it on you. Uh, I like that one song. I think it was like one of the earlier songs where he's like, um, oh, matter of fact, I could I could probably just Cherry look bomb? it up. It was, uh, I think it was on Goblin. Yonkers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where like the music is just so like creepy and eerie or it's, whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Those early, those early ones, he was, he was on some other shit. Um, yeah. But like not because he was totally sober, which is. <laughs> so he doesn't like, he weird? doesn't drink. No. He doesn't, really. even, he doesn't even spark up a he doesn't even spark sick up that, dube. that sticky icky. Oh, my God. He's not a Chiba Hawk. Wow. Earl Sweatshirt, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really wish they would do a, a song together, but I think at this point they're kind of done with each other, which which is unfortunate. Because really? They, yeah. They haven't, done, they haven't done a collab in pff, 10 years at least. Maybe they just went like separate directions, or do they have yeah. actual like beef with? Each I think other? they did kind of initially, but I think they've they've said that they've since uh, squashed it, and there's been they've like hinted over the years that we're gonna do something together, and nothing has happened. So I just I'm I'm not expecting it anymore at this point. Of course, you know it's one of those rap things where they're like, we're doing a whole album together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twenty years later, like it might happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, see uh, Mad Lib two or Mad Villain two. Uh, <laughs> That one Dr. Dre album that was supposed to come out but never did. Oh, but yeah. But then a different oh, one came wow. out. Yeah, Compton. Yeah. Is that what it was called? Yeah, wasn't it? Compton. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Compton. Um, and then the other... Like his first album since 2001. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Did uh, Chinese Democracy ever come out? Yes. Yeah, it album? did. It did. But it was like... It was middling at best. Yeah. But wasn't it just like Axel and then also Buckethead and some other people? It wasn't like the true Guns N' Roses? I don't... Honestly, I don't even remember. I remember it was a, it just turned into a joke at some point, and mm-hmm. I stopped kind of paying attention to it. But. I remember The Offspring was going to release an album. They were going to call it Chinese Democracy just to like get, the, <laughs> get them off their asses to like put an album together. Oh, that's great. But uh, I don't know that that ever happened. Maybe I there was, was like a lawsuit. Was. I, was in, I was somewhere, and an Offspring song came on over the radio. I was like, that's a good fucking song. Mm-hmm. I think it was Keep Them Separated or 
whatever that song's name is. Come out and play. Come out and play. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. And uh, I was like, man, this, that guitar like. Yeah. Man, this fucking rules. Good stuff. It, yeah, it really was. Yeah. I know people like shit on that stuff, but it's like, it's fun to me, you know? The first, what was our first album? Like Crash or something like that? Or uh, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I fucking listened to the fuck out of that. So this you goddamn motherfucker yeah. like like link like strings you, a line of cuss words together. You stupid goddamn dumb shit motherfucker. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah. 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 Oh man, I remember that was so edgy when I was like 13. <laughs> the there was a time uh, I don't know, maybe it was like half a year ago where my wife and I were in the car and I was listening to the Serious Sex and Punk station and that song came on. I was like, "Oh babe, you got to listen to this part." <laughs> and then he gets to the part where he says that. Yeah. And she's like, "What am I listening for?" I'm like, "You just <laughs> you you didn't listen to it right. You had to listen to it as if you're like an 11 year old boy, yeah. and you can't say bad words. Yeah. Like I didn't give her context for it. It's like I don't I don't care about any of this. What's this white guy cursing on my radio? <laughs> um, all right, so we can move on yeah. to the topic at hand, which is Wildcats number one from Image Comics. This one, okay. So some of these. Dates for the previous releases, Youngblood, Spawn, Savage Dragon. Um, we have like solid dates of release. I yeah. tried to find a specific date that this came out. I yeah, used <laughs> I, I used the internet. I used the uh, the image timeline, the official image timeline comic that Jim Valentino put together for Image Comics, and everything I found pointed toward issue one of this comic coming out in either July or August of 1992 and no specified date at all. So it's like within a, what, 61 or 62 day really? range that this comic came out. And it seems like this is one of the larger comics to come out from image. I would argue to- the largest. I mean, it didn't sell as well as all of the others did. I know, but, but Jim Lee, I feel like at the time was the biggest artist working in comics. Would you disagree? I I would not, sir. Uh, I think that is because he was off I, of X Men, which was like the, like X Men number one when it relaunched. Um, it, it was like the biggest selling comic of the '90s, I want to say, or one one of at least for sure. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to find the. Uh, to to me, respond. Jim Lee w- w- was the uh, was was the biggest guy at, at Image. Like really? he, he was the, well because I was such an X Men fan, and so uh, like. It was like holy shit, you know, and, and he had launched X Men, mm-hmm. like relaunched, you know, with with Chris Claremont, and I mean, then he did like what five issues and then bailed. I think maybe oh, five for, or six for issues yeah. for for X Men, and then went to Image. Wait, and that no, was, no, no. I think he was on there longer. I think he, he was he Chris was on Claremont. Uncanny. Well, prior to that, Chris Claremont left uh, the. Um, adjective list right after like five issues but jim lee stayed on there for a while because okay, there's like you're right that crossover with ghost, ghost rider. rider yes yeah. yes uh, but it wasn't that many no no it, no. it didn't even hit definitely didn't even hit 10 okay but i remember being like you know prior to to the relaunched adjective list x-men i uh you know the uncanny when he was on uncanny with claremont i was like i i fucking loved those issues every issue i was like hunting them down because you know, I, I didn't have very much money and didn't have a car. So, like, you know, you were just lucky to come across, like, oh, my God, this is an issue of Uncanny that I don't have yet. And it was, like, you know, so fucking exciting. Yeah. And um, so so any, any anything Jim Lee, I was just, like, 
key, 1000% keyed into. Like I wanted to draw like Jim Lee. Wow. Yeah. All that. But whenever image launched, spawn became my favorite. Um, that's so funny. Maybe that's why I, that what you said surprises me because I think of you more of as, as a spawn guy, but yeah. I know that you like the X-Men is your like, it's my old school. It's my lover. number one. Yeah. Right. I mean, to, to this, honestly, from being honest to this day, X-Men still my number one. Even over Jesus. Even over Jesus, he gets us, but I, even over him. Wow. Wow. I know. You know? I mean, you tell me who would win in a fight. Uh, Sa- Savage Land Rogue or Jesus? Oh, my God. Which is going to win the fight in my pants. Hold on. Yeah, I know. We're, we might have to take a break. <laughs> cool down. So I'm looking at uh, the cells for Spawn number one, which shattered... Records for an independent comic with two million units sold, and then I'm looking at the ones for Wildcats, and it doesn't have a specific number, but it does say Wildcats number one by Jim Lee and Brandon Choi shatters all sales records, but oh. it doesn't tell me what. So, in excess of two million copies, I guess. Okay, that why makes isn't sense. there not like why is there no information on this? I know it's supposed to be a book of, <laughs> about image, and they're just so fucking just vague. Nothing. It came out a few months, man. It sold really good. <laughs> well, like, uh, Jim Valentino put this together, and I, I, it seems like he is uh, pretty detailed oriented, just from like interviews I've read and like some of his comics and the like stuff like this he puts together. So I feel like this is maybe some like weird accounting stuff that uh, the Jim Lee's side of the image equation is like not releasing, or they didn't ever publish that, or mm. I don't know, like a tax evasion thing. <laughs> Or he doesn't want people in his business. If he gives, but a, sure. if he gives a definite number, then. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it has stats for like Shadowhawk number one and and other comics. But um, yeah, weird. not not Wildcats, which evidently is the the biggest selling title of them all. Which is so huh. weird because I would have sworn to you that that was Spawn number one. Yeah. But no, evidently it was it was in fact Wildcats. I think it makes more sense for it being Wildcats, considering where Jim Lee was at at the time. I mean, he was. I feel like he was the hottest artist. Yeah, they had to convince him to leave Marvel and start yeah. Image, like Todd and Rob and Eric and everyone, um, because he was he was like comfortable where he was. Oh, he he had to have been the highest paid artist in the industry. Yeah, Uncanny was a number one book for like a good chunk of like the early nineties. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I would assume that he would be the highest paid due to that. Um, and yeah. you know, X Men. I mean, everybody talks about '90s X Men, which look, I love '90s X Men, but you know, um, it was like a, it was a thing. It was the book. I feel like um, in the early '90s, I feel like you know, it was it was beating out every other Batman, Superman, uh, Spider Man, Wolverine, Hulk. It, it outsold all of those by like a considerable margin. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, I mean, I think it, it makes sense, but you know, um, it, it, you want to talk about this one? <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, so this yeah. is, um, on the, the cover, it has Jim Lee's name like above the, the title <laughs> logo, right? On yeah. the, the first issue comic, which is the same thing that, um, they're styled the same way as a uh, young blood, Young blood, young blood. Number one, uh, says Rob Liefeld over the top of it. But in actuality, there were other people involved. So Jim Lee is the co-creator, writer, and penciler. Brandon Choi is the co-creator slash writer. Uh, as cartoonist K. Fabe says, 
the luckiest man, man in comics. comics. Uh, Scott Williams is the inker, which makes sense because he's been with Jim Lee for decades oh, at this yeah. point. They work hand in hand. Uh, have you ever seen any of Scott Williams, like his own like art without no, Jim Lee? I, think being I have, honestly. It's like in the realm of it, but a little bit different. So huh, it's always to neat to, to see shit like yeah. that. Um, Mike Heisler is the letterer, and then Joe Rosas is the colorist. There's also an editor, Ruth Grice, and then Digital Chameleon as the color separator. The editor kind of. Um, this is like, this is what odd. What does that mean? Because this one says Joe Kyoto is the colorist. So I wonder if this was was this recolored from the. I don't know. Because this is a, so. So what I've got here is a trade. It's a four issue trade. The first four issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I, interesting because on on the back mm-hmm. here it's got Joe Kyoto as the uh, as the colorist. So. Uh, you had a page held open earlier, and I it caught my eye because it looks a lot better than the digital version that i'm reading off of uh oh DC. wow those colors look fucking god awful <laughs> jesus really christ do. they're like muted and they just look uh like old marvel comics from back in the day whereas the trade paperback has like beautifully like rendered uh like shaped designs and whatnot whereas yeah. uh the the one on the dc universe app because this is a it used to be an image comics property now it belongs to dc comics jim lee sold his his company and i guess like Will's Protasios because Wetworks is part of DC now. I don't know really? how that works. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. So this one has color separations by Chameleon Prime. Prime. Ronobots, get to work. <laughs> e- Grimlock. <laughs> Someone hit spacebar for me. <laughs> but no, the the colors are like so much better in the printed version than the digital, wow. which is bizarre. It should not work that, that was, way. That, that's a completely different colorist. That is a completely different colorist. Because yeah. look at those. Like, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. This is great. People are going to love this. Yeah, it's all visual <laughs> talking about it. Um, but no, it's it. What, 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 are your, what are your overall like impressions on this first issue? So I read this comic for the first time, the very first time, about an hour before you came over. <laughs> so holy shit yeah really? I, was, uh, I really oh got God. down to the clock uh i had like other stuff going on this past weekend so i i just now got to this i have flipped through this comic a thousand times before but this is the first time i've ever like read through it yeah well and... <laughs> there's a lot to read <laughs> there's a lot to read um that said there's there's a lot of dialogue there's a lot of caption balloons and whatnot but it didn't really like slow me down so much and that's not necessarily a credit to the writing. It's just I thought it would be more cumbersome than it it was. It's yeah. not great, and there's a lot of stilted dialogue. But yeah. that said, I um, thought it was a better attempt at getting a large group of characters together than what we saw in Young Blood. Well. You know, <laughs> I know I was not saying a whole lot, but um, th- there. Yes, for sure, it's it's a much better introduction to a team. And I think the the character designs overall look pretty good like maul and grifter and spartan and voodoo grifter fucking rules man i'm just gonna say it grifter is the shit that mask that like hangs down past the chin it's just like so simple it makes no sense makes no sense no, no. but i love it it's great i love it it really is hell spawn looks cool as shit that's the other thing is like his name is hell spont yeah s-p-o-n-t right instead of hell spawn yeah like spawn you know but and like when we first meet Hellspawn, there's a character in that named Al, but it's not Al Simmons. Hellspawn, 
It's Al, some fat guy from Roker. accounting, <laughs> who works with Hellspont. Yeah, Al Roker is a fat guy from the TV that tells her weather. Wait, is he is he black in that? <laughs> um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, you talking about the guy that gets uh, killed? Yeah. Uh, well, he, he, no, he's a fat Italian man. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> I know because he's eating spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that Pike dude who's like one of the bad yeah. guys that's on Hellspawn's team who looks cool as shit. Just Google all this stuff, people. He's, he's uh, cool looking. Wasn't he a prime primary uh, prominent character in Backlash? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brett Booth. Hell yeah, dude. Um, but no, I, I just. I, this this is like such a this is like the most nineties fucking comic book I've ever absolutely, read. Absolutely, absolutely. Like when they go to that strip club and they run into Voodoo and there's some guys that start some shit there. Yeah. And then they like they get back to back and then they are like they say something to activate. Uh, it says activate flash suits and then when they do, it's the like weirdest nineties armor. <laughs> they like got a bar going across the nose, one over the forehead. They've got some little like tubes sticking tubes. up. Yeah, it's it's wildly impractical, but. A lot of these designs clearly are made in the 90s, but I do think that some of the elements of them are strong enough that you can translate them into modern designs, Grifter being one of those. Oh, for sure. I think if you gave Zealot a more modern design, she could look cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know that... I like voodoo. I don't know. I can't separate um, my love for women (laughs) drawn by Jim Lee. I I can't tell if this is a dated look or not. I think it is, but uh, I don't give a shit. I love it. I I like yeah, I'm I'm on board with you. It's this like gorgeous brown woman in a strip club. That said she is the like most dressed stripper oh, yeah. that you would ever yeah, see she's here. She's close to naked. She's got these like long ass leg warmers like uh, Jim Carrey wears in Dumb and Dumber. He's <laughs> yeah. walking up those steps, you know. <laughs> um So you got the apple bottom jeans with the boots with the fur. Of course. The whole club yeah. was looking at her. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they, were. Um, they were actually. So, uh, I I do. I don't know how success, successful this is at doing a thing where it's like we're getting the team together. I don't know who the team is. I don't know what any of them do really. You know. Yeah. But I think uh, we do get to see a lot of the cooler looking characters like do something. You know. Right. And I think this is a longer. Uh, like more number of pages for a first issue than some of the previous ones that we've looked at for the okay. like image comic stuff, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like on the digital reader here, it says, you know, 27 pages, but I know some of those are like double page spreads in the actual like printed comic. And then who is that guy on the, the last page? Uh, is oh. it supposed to be like Dan Quayle? No, it's not supposed to be like Dan Quayle. Or it is Dan Quayle? It is his name. He's the vice president named Dan Quayle. Does it say that in the book, or is that like in a subsequent issue? In the sub, in okay, you need to read the rest. Of okay, <laughs> I'm telling you, I I picked up on that because like in the the it is wildly bonkers because <laughs> they're just flat out saying this is Dan Quayle and he's an evil alien. Wow, wow, yeah. I know there is that one bit of dialogue that Hellspont with an NT uh, drops that says like he paid some guy 30 pieces of silver to, you know, yeah. Turn on Jesus essentially. So he was uh, talking about Judas or whatever, but I did think it's funny that 
the last panel is a close-up of Dan Quayle. Before that, there's a um, he says something uh, will be small potatoes, and I saw that potatoes is misspelled. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I bet this is a Dan Quayle thing, and then uh, sure enough, later they're in a van, and the license plate says potato, and it's misspelled. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's. Yeah. Uh, I was pretty shocked by this because usually they try to like. They'll, they'll like skirt around it a little Dan bit. Dan Snail, you know, like yeah. do something like kind of clever. Like, no, this is straight up fucking Dan Quayle and he's evil. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> not even remotely trying to hide it. Um, and it's fucking goddamn incredible. I, I will say that this first issue, like you said, is not like the best introduction to them. But mm-hmm. um, for anybody out there, um, if you're wanting to read this, the, you can get like the four issue um, collected edition for like a few bucks, um, and it's it, it it basically it's not like the complete complete story, but it, it ha- it's like a complete arc. Yeah. So you can read this, and it's not like you're not left on like a cliffhanger. Like it mm. kind of Cliff, wraps up cliffhanger. You say well, we might get there one day. Yeah, mm. we'll definitely get there one day. Stallone, Danger Girl, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Battle Chasers. Sure. Um, you know, there's gonna be some new Battle Chasers comics. Not drawn by Joe Matarera. Written by him. Do we know this? Uh-huh. Who's it going to be drawn by? Some guy I've never heard of. Is he good? Like, is he in he's, that? He's all right. Like, there was that one half is issue. Is he Joe of... Matarera? Well, you got a point there. No. <laughs> but there was that one half issue that was drawn by, like, Adam Warren. Is Adam Warren, yeah. And I was like, well, if you can't have Matarera. Oh. Pff. You know, I'll settle for Okay. All right, Adam Warren. Yeah, everything were great about the the cliffhanger comics except for the writing. <laughs> uh, that was not good. Uh, I did see at the end of one of these scenes. It, it was the the grifter fighting the people in the strip club scene. The uh, the news anchor, yeah, from Spawn and from yeah. Youngblood. Uh, and uh, that uh, I don't know if you ever saw that interview with Eric Larson about Savage Dragon. The miniseries went through like three or four or whatever it was. I don't think so. They show up and um, they asked him, hey, did you design the news anchors? And he says, yeah. So it was designed by Eric Larson in this Jim Lee comic. Oh, crazy. That first appeared in a Todd McFarlane comic. Oh, so there's some like coherence. Yeah. Uh, well, there's there. there's even further coherence if you continue to read these um, because good old uh, – um, previous friends of the show young blood shows up oh they do yeah that's funny uh because they're like america's like sweetheart they're like a they're like a celebrity superhero team you know and wildcats c-a-t stands for covert action team so they're like they're like the underground they're fighting this like this hidden alien race that's trying to take over the world and dan quayle is a hidden alien um and they're the only ones that are like privy to it uh and then uh so they go to 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 kill the vice president and young blood shows up and there's a whole fight that ensues, and it's uh, you know good old superhero misunderstandings. Uh, but it's like a really great. Um, honestly, I, I I really fucking enjoyed these four issues. Um, I, okay. I would I would I would suggest or recommend that they honestly, even though it does seem a little bit wordy, it, it flies by pretty quick, and it's just got great fucking art. It's like a great fucking art to it, um, and the characters you know over these four issues, wow. it feels like he planned to like. Instead of trying to introduce everybody in the first issue, it felt like he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do a, like a four issue miniseries to like get you introduced to the all the main characters," and then it continued on from there. But you know what's weird? What's that? Anything past issue four has never been collected in a trade before. I wonder why. And he illustrates it all the way up to like fifty. 
What? Like it's the same creative team. Yeah. No, it goes up to like 50. But oh, Jim Lee definitely didn't do 50 consecutive issues. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm I'm okay. I cuz I I wanted the same thing and uh-huh. I thought there's no way he did all of them. So yeah. I went to cuz and I was trying to I was like, "You know what? I kind of want to buy like I want to buy the trades. Like I want to read this all because I enjoy the art so much. Story's fine, uh, but I really love the art and I just love like the whole '90s aesthetic. It's so like extreme and crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed these first four issues, and I was like, I actually kind of want to read the rest of this. Yeah. And so I started looking. Never even been published. It's not like they were published back in the '90s and then they they you know stopped publishing. No, never has anything past issue four been collected into a trade before. Weird. And so I was like, I was like, okay, well, if I'm gonna go buy them, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go through the trouble of trying to track down each individual issue, like I don't want to, I don't want to get to like issue 23 and realize that Jim Lee doesn't finish out the series, right? So I started looking. I found, um, I found a site that 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 had like a uh, like a uh, summation of every single Wildcats issue, right? And it had like the creative team. And so I started clicking down through. Now I clicked on probably 20 different issues and Jim Lee was on every single one of them. I now, if he like did the covers or something like it's that. It's entirely possible that either they were wrong or um maybe there was like a short run where he didn't draw it. But honestly from every issue that I checked cuz I just like went down the list and just randomly clicked on, you know, this one, this one, this one, this one. I didn't look at every single one, but yeah, yeah, he fucking as far as I can tell, he he he, he drew every issue. I uh, could be wrong about that, but there's weirdly enough, not a whole lot of info out there on it. Um, Why is this uh, like Wildcats really is covert? Like we can't find I sales know. numbers. We can't find dates of release. We can't find. You can't even find the fucking <laughs> issues like collected in trade, which is wild to me. I, I do not understand how these have not been collected into like an omnibus. Yeah. Right. Like wait, they would sell like, like crazy. I, I feel like, but you know, I'm uh, on the DC Universe app, and they've got – they're adding, like, more and more, like, um, uh, this Wildstorm type of uh, yeah. Jim Lee-created uh, stuff on there going back through the 90s and whatnot. So that's an avenue for people who want to check that out. But I was looking at issue two just to see if Youngblood was in the comic since it's on DC's app. Oh, right, yeah. And they are. So it's like these characters just show up. So I wonder if Rob gets a kickback from that or what happens. That's a good question. I know there was I'm a... sure there's probably like a tit for tat where it's like, hey, yeah. Wildcats can show up in here. I'll let them show up in my book. And we just keep our own money. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know that that would work the other way now. Like no. Rob, oh, God, no. Like no. Rob, Rob can't even like do Youngblood anymore. He like gave up on it. Because the, um, the person he was working with, I guess, like, the writer of that, yeah, that canon guy, there was, like, some weird beef between them, and there were, it sounded like there was going to be a Youngblood movie, but then shit just got, like, heated, and that, like, went away, and he's like, I'm, I'm fucking done with this. Right. Like, for Rob Liefeld, Feld, Rob Liefeld to, like, give up on something. I know. That, that's got to take a lot, so that there had to be yeah. some drama there, but it is interesting to Crazy. see Jim Lee's version of the young blood characters yeah uh but that's an issue too um but all that to say uh i would recommend i would advise anybody out there like if you're a fan of 90s comics this is just this is just it's like junk food but it's like really really good junk food like it's not 
it's not going to blow you away, but the, the, the art will, to be fair. Um, the writing is a little overwritten, um, and there, sometimes overwriting can work. Like, I think, I think Chris Claremont, um, while he does kind of tend to overwrite, um, he has like a... There's like a like a grandiosity to his writing. Like it, it honestly does feel like, whoa, this is like a serious like big thing that he's talking about, you know. Um, and this feels like somebody trying to do that and failing miserably at it, honestly. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I I, uh, I really enjoyed this issue. I thought it was really fucking good. I just love the art. I love the era. I just love it. everybody's in like fucking metal weird metal and spandex outfits and totally unnecessary accoutrement all over their body. And it's just great, man. I love it. Uh, I'm looking at some of the, the later issues like issue eight, it says pencils by Jim Lee, Travis Charest, and then Richard Bennett. So I think maybe Travis, wait, hold on. Travis Charest on issue eight, because he did, he did like volume two. Mm -hmm. I think this is like when he was essentially a Jim Lee clone. You know how, like, they all have their own studios yeah. and there are people, like, working in that style? I think eventually he's just like, oh, no, what am I doing? I am French. I will not draw like this anymore. That's another thing that I will recommend is the, for, the first, like, um, the, it's a collected run. It's called uh, Street Smarts. I think it's Wildcats Volume 2, and it's Travis Charest and Scott Lodell, I think. Yeah. Another one of the luckiest men in comics. Uh, he's a piece of shit, apparently. Yeah, like, evidently, a huge yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. Which is fine. I... I I always he always felt like uh, Chris Claremont light, you know. Where I was like, oh, he's writing an X Men book, and it's not the worst thing I've ever read, so mm -hmm. I give it a pass. It was, was it was always just like service, serviceable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the art, the, that Travis Charest art in in that uh, volume two is a legitimately. I've read. Look, this may come as a surprise to some people. I've read a lot of comic books in my life. What? <laughs> I have to learn about this now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you're here. We're not, I'm episode 23.5. Oh my God. Um, honest to God, some of the best comic book art I've ever seen in my entire life. Like fuck, fuck whatever you think about, uh, Lodell. Fuck what you heard. Fuck what you heard. Mm -hmm. Just go buy this shit and just drink it in. Cause it's beautiful. I think you can get it on Amazon for like a few bucks. Like you can get like a little collected trade i think it's like six issues or something uh wildcats issue 13 written by chris claremont yeah I know, I know he did come Jim on for Lee, a few issues uh did i guess did the art for that uh by the time we there's no issue 14 i think that's where uh it crossed over with marvel for like oh. four issues and it was like one issue of wildcats one issue of they were kind of like peppered throughout um i tracked all those issues down because like oh really i, I gotta fucking have those yeah scarce commodity I'm not looking to retire. I'm just looking to be entertained. <laughs> it's how you know you're fucking old. Hey, can you can sell this for money. Uh-uh. I don't want to look at that thing. Uh, Wildcats 15, written by James Robinson, art by Travis Charest. So, oh, okay. Look, look, if Travis Charest is filling in for Jim Lee. That's not bad. Like... It's really not. It's really not. Um, and yeah, it looks like they did that for a little while. Um, like I said, they're kind of adding an issue or two going forward. Um for a bit uh looks like issue 20 is uh travis charay and then it has a, a cover by uh barry windsor smith oh fuck yeah hmm. i don't know like there's a there, all right I'm, I'm you know what i'm gonna start collecting all the wildcats volume ones there's something about going back and reading all this stuff where i'm like i feel like i'm 
into this in a different way than I would have been back in the day, you know, like, oh, sure. uh, after we read that young blood number one, even though it wasn't good, there's still something in me that was like, I bet I can track down issue zero of this. And I did. And I felt like I accomplished something. I didn't do <laughs> fucking anything. Uh, issue zero uh, of Wildcats is on yeah. this this app. I didn't even know there was an issue zero for either of these huh. series. Uh, written by Brandon Choi, don't worry. And then uh, illustrated by Brett Booth. Um, oh. It was a long time, like, uh, I want to say Image Comics, but uh, a Wildstorm-esque yeah. artist. Um yeah, so it sounds like you uh, really enjoyed this issue, and I guess the overall like four issues that that you read, kind of sticking with it. It sounds like honestly, I got I, I liked it more and more the more I read it, and by the end of the fourth issue, fourth issue, I was like immediately it was like all right, let's let's, let's find the trades on this, and that that led me down the hole. Hey, that ain't too shabby, you know. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what you want in a series, especially when you're going back. That's how I felt after reading issue one of the savage dragon from last oh the, right. the last in track episode and i was like let's pump the brakes yeah because you're gonna get like way too into this you you don't have time for it at the moment so uh well that's cool i'm, I'm sure our wives love it when we get into those holes yeah yeah like, i was into the chainsaw man hole for like a few months <laughs> where i was just like telling my wife everything i was like i just read the new volume babe i gotta talk to you about this and she just like she tolerated it so she's a lovely woman she went to a fugue state. She's yet to come out of. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but this is wonderful. This is kind of the best case scenario of talking about these first yeah, issues, right? Absolutely. Is that we like find something that was like a, a hidden gem for the most part. Uh, hidden Jim Lee, the if you will. Hidden gem that sold three million copies. <laughs> Evidently. Uh, we're <laughs> under assumption that that was the case. Um, so, uh, you know, it seems like a foregone conclusion, but... Is this in the pit or in the shit? For it's you? in the pit for in me. In the pit for you. Okay. The drinks in the pit. The wildcats are in the pit. It's nineties. Yeah. It's nineteen ninety nine, baby. Woo! <laughs> it was confusing that they jumped around in time within the first like six or so pages. Uh, and here I'll, I'll pull it back. Oh up yeah, here. the time goes back and forth. It's like, yeah, like some time travel kind of stuff. Yeah, but it's like just done for like storytelling reasons. Time travel itself isn't involved. Yeah, but uh, like the the very first page, uh, if I can get there, it says the past, and it's set on July twenty uh, ninth, nineteen eighty. You have a page there, the future, which is uh, August ninth, nineteen ninety two. This comic came out in nineteen ninety two. Yet this is the future, <laughs> and then the page after that. So within three pages, yeah. uh, this one says the present, and this is where we come across uh, Jacob Marlowe, and he's like holed up in an alley. Isn't it nineteen ninety? Uh, night yeah uh it is now the 1990s and it's like well so this is this is the present even though this comic came out in 92 but it's still like technically the past from when people right. would be synced up with this honestly and, if you read all four issues it makes a lot more sense because i was confused as fuck off that first one <laughs> well it, it's just confusing because of like how they title it because that was the present and then there's like a few pages later right. it says today <laughs> yeah. so it's like well the is it the fuck? present or is it today which yeah. you can't have it both ways um but yeah i thought that was a uh, an interesting choice more time yeah. spent with jacob marlowe than i previously thought I didn't know what to think of him as a, a character. He's like the Professor X, but also he's like in a suit, but he's in the battle. He's riding Maul's back in, yeah. into the, the fight that they get into. And later he just fucking straight up caps a dude with a gun. Oh, really? Yeah. 
you know what? He just shoots a guy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to to look further just, in this. You just you just read the first four at least. Yeah. Like um, you've already read the first one, so the other three you'll fly by. Um, it's fun. It's goofy. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's fun. It's '90s as fuck. Yeah. Um, and the art is just impeccable throughout. It feels like Grifter is the only one with the personality. <laughs> Grifter and like yes. Jacob Marlowe, I guess. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're they're the main. Uh, you get a lot more of Zealot too. She's she's in there quite a bit. I liked with her the, with the Coda Assassins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like the Amazons yeah. from uh, DC Comics. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say uh, this one's in the pit. Uh, oh, yeah. I think the art is good. I I love the coloring in the like printed version. The coloring yeah. on the digital version is God, that not looks good fucking at all. Terrible. It really is. <laughs> read uh, yeah, read this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> do this. Um. But uh, yeah, uh, a solid choice. Uh, on the next episode yeah. of Nudist Colony, Hidden Tracks, we're going to read Shadowhawk, number one, from Jim Valentino. Are you scared? <laughs> uh, I told you off air, I read this uh, collection. I think it's like the first four issues. Yeah. Uh, when I uh, had my accident last year and I couldn't look at any screens, I just had right. this like trade paperback sitting around. I thought, let me give this a shot. Let me Let me see what Jim's up to. Because he's certainly one of the lesser-known Image Comics creators. Yeah. Whenever people cite the original six, it's like he and Wills Pertacio get left out. And he's like, I feel bad for Wills because they say the original six when there was like seven. Wills is always left out of that fucking equation. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, so... But his book didn't... Because what he was Wetworks, right? And that didn't come out for a while. Oh, my God, yeah. It was like a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. He had some uh, family tragedy came up. Yeah. uh, Kind of when this was getting ready to start. So uh, you can't really fault him for that. No, 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 no. uh, I am looking forward to rereading Shadowhawk number one uh, because it was like... it's it's like coming across some cool like indie comic, uh, that's I don't know I don't it's you'll have to read it and then we can uh, definitely talk about it on the the next hidden track episode because it's yeah uh, I know I read this when it came out yeah. and I don't think I've read it since so I literally all I remember was he has AIDS yeah and that's it, all I remember okay <laughs> I don't even know if it oh, his gets, name was Shadowhawk <laughs> Shadowhawk yeah uh, I don't even know if that gets brought up in that first trade I, I feel oh, like shit. this is one of those things where it's kind of like the first if you only buy the first collection of uh, or trade number one of Invincible you don't even get the big oh. like familial twist until the second volume yeah right so I think a lot of the like building block or the the bigger things that happen to Shadowhawk happen after this first four issues or whatever it is. Yeah. And so, uh, but I enjoyed it so much that I eventually tracked down, uh, there's a, a larger collected edition of Shadowhawk stuff over there. <laughs> that's like the first, uh, like 18 issues or maybe like oh, the first wow. 12 to 16 issues yeah. of the series. Uh, just so I could read it. Cause I thought it was like, I don't know. I haven't really read that much Valentino stuff. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, so yeah. All right. We'll give it a shot. Check it out. What can we do? You know? Yeah. So uh, anything else for you? Um, No, I think I'm good. Same here. Same here. Well, I don't know. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got.